Welcome back to Tay Radio Marin. I am your host, Javier Vicuna, and today I am joined by my co-host, Santi Hernandez. And on today's show, we have two very special guests from the Stacy Nelson and Associates Agency. We have Stacy Nelson herself, the founder of the agency, as well as Jenny Pang, who is a senior consultant for Stacey Nelson Associates. So it's very, very awesome to have you both here. We're going to be talking about resume building and interview prep. Um, this show is meant to inform you guys on, again, this is a very important part of uh, getting a job or getting into an internship or just a really good life skill to have. So we're really excited to go over all of that with you both today. Um, but again, you guys can introduce yourselves. Um, so go right ahead. Yeah. Okay, Jenny, I'll go. Right. Yeah, go for it. So, Javier, uh, so thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. As we were saying earlier, we met um, at one of our one of the events for First Five Marin, where we met Dr. Uh, Artico uh, Garcia, who's on the commission board there. So it was a great connection, and uh, we placed the executive director there. So what Stacy Nelson and Associates does is we. Um, are an executive search firm for nonprofits. So we specialize specifically in nonprofits, and I've been in business for over 20 years. And Jenny and I met through, uh, well, through many ways, I think. Yeah, but mostly Bridge the Gap College Prep, where, where I shared that I used to work there for about five years. Um, so I was the director of finance and admin, which included um, uh, human resources, and that's how... Stacy and I professionally met um, because you know she helped us a lot in recruiting teachers and other mm -hmm. staff members um, and yeah so that's our connection and then when I left and uh, uh, joined Stacy to work with her agency and uh, pretty much helping her with searches with um, nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. So Jenny and I were in many an interview together. And so when she reached out and said, you know, hey, uh, I'm looking like, I feel like I should hire you right away. We know exactly <laughs> how each other works. No. <laughs> a lot of when you look for a job is really, you know, you do those networking, those information. And the reason I, and that's kind of how it started. And we that's looked at right. each other at lunch yeah. thinking, well, this is no brainer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you both for sharing that um, background. Uh I wanted to ask, so before we get right into it, I wanted to ask everyone in the table, uh, what is your favorite summer snack? Like, what, what, what do you oh. like to eat or snack on on a hot day? Because it's been really hot these past few days. It um, has. I'm just I curious. Jenny, do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I actually just recently been making lots of popsicles. So I, oh. wouldn't, I don't know if that qualifies as snacks, but I love, I've got a big lemon tree. So mm. I've been saving all those lemons and making lemon sorbet and lemon popsicle. Mm, and recently Lemoncello. Le well, <laughs> lemoncello. Not so much of lemoncello because then I wouldn't get through my day. Uh, <laughs> but watermelon with lime popsicle, that's something I've just been trying. And I have to say I'm a big fan. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. So we... Uh, I have a 13-year-old, and so we just had a sleepover last night, and we're all a little tired. But um, for them, because they came home as their camp counselors, they came home, and they were really hot. So we had cantaloupe, and I've been buying cantaloupe and peaches like crazy and cutting them up and making like a little fruit salad. So that's kind of my go-to, you know, um, treat right now. That sounds too <laughs> healthy, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> 
How about you, Santi? Well, for me, I think after a good workout, my favorite snack or post-workout that I would consider a snack um, is a smoothie, a protein smoothie, which Mm. is like mixing it with ice um, and just how cold it is and just being able to drink that is really nice for me. Yeah. Or traditionally in in my household, we we cut up uh, watermelon or um, apples and we just put lemon, salt and a little bit of... um, seasoning but it's like uh, oh, spicy cool. seasoning like tagine yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. something similar mm-hmm. yeah. um but we we my grandma sends us our own from guatemala so nice. so that's my favorite snack during especially during the summer watermelon is the best combination in my opinion you know um that would be my favorite snacks mm-hmm. yeah well good. you stole the one i was that gonna one. say <laughs> yeah uh, i mean it's very I, I feel like it's common in most latino households mm-hmm. or, yeah. And most hot sauce in general. But, um, yeah, definitely for me, it's always been watermelon. Uh, you know, like ice cold watermelon. Mm-hmm. Like you got to leave it mm-hmm. cool for a long time. And then it's just, oof, it's amazing. Um, and I also enjoy it a lot with uh, tahin, but as well I put chamoy, um, yeah. which is like a, it's like a sweet, it's like, it's not, it's not hot. Per, it's not, it's not spicy, but it's like, it's like a sweet spiciness. Oh, so wow. it's really good. I, I definitely recommend you guys try it on, What's on your water. Chamoy, like C H A M O I. Okay. Um, yeah, it's used a lot. Okay, I gotta yeah. write that down. Sounds yeah. lovely. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really, really good. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I how I like enjoying. Okay. Um, yeah. During the summertime, it for sure. Hot. We're kind of lucky that uh, it hasn't been like the 120 degrees like in some of the other states right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying I'm that like. Mind. It's like some of it's been recorded as some of the most hot days in the United States mm. um, these past like last week. Yeah. And I was like, well, it was it was not too hot last week here. Yeah. But it was. Um, oh, I guess the fair was last week. No. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, but yeah. Uh, but thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's always great to hear um, again mm-hmm. what everyone likes to treat on uh, during the summer. Um, so moving right along, um, I wanted to start with uh, job search and resume prep. Um, so one question I um, want to start off with is, well, where where do you recommend people to look for jobs? So, I mean, well, one thing is you guys could come to the career fair um, <laughs> on August 3rd uh, that we're holding here at the Multicultural Center of Marin from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, we'll have some employers, we'll have some internships, we'll have all sorts of resources um, for those who are looking for a job or just a place to uh, work at. So uh, we'll get a little bit more into that. And anyways, anyways, enough with the selfless plug. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, wh- wh- where would you guys recommend, I guess, uh, you know, um, young young people to, to go and look for a job? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I would start by asking a lot of questions. Um, you know, what type of job, um, where have they looked so far, how... how has their success been? You know, do, sometimes when you look for a job, is it you have to look for the right fit? Like, are your skill sets matching what you're looking for? Um, but a lot of um, jobs are posted out there on on the big job boards, uh, LinkedIn or Indeed. Uh, in the nonprofit, there's also a lot of other um, nonprofit board job boards like Idealist.org. Um, there's also California Association of Nonprofits. Um, there's a lot of different things to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also uh, networking, like doing informational interviews, people that you know, with um, talking to mentors, um, going to career fairs. 
like with, you know, that you're having. And um, yeah, what else would you add, Jenny? Yeah, I think um, definitely signing up to those big job uh, platforms, you know, LinkedIn, Indeed, uh, ZipRecruiter. And I think the more specific you have in mind in terms of what you're looking for, the industry, probably the better. Because, for example, if you go to Indeed, you want to sign up for, they'll ask you what kind of industry do you want. And then you get mail, emails that say there's an opportunity there. So I think that's a good starting point. Uh, job fair, as you mentioned. And definitely also, um, again, if you know what you're looking for. So, for example, my son just went through a job search. He came home for summer and he wants to work with cars. And mm. he literally just went cool. to Google mm -hmm. and print out all the garages. Mm -hmm. And he went by and just dropped his resume. So that takes more time, that takes more effort, and that's very local. But it's a start. Um, Ooh, that's like cool. That. Yeah. So, of course, you're also, the advantage of that is you're making a connection. You're walking up, you're introdu introducing yourself. So you're already sort of making just that contact, right? Um, now, not that's not possible for every single job that you want to do. But if it's yeah. something that you're just starting up for experience, that could be another um, avenue to consider. Um, so, yeah. And mm -hmm. as we also mentioned, network, network. Talk to people, mm -hmm. feelers out there that you're looking. And who knows, you know, somebody might give you a phone number or contact. Mm -hmm. A lot of it, I love that your son did that too, because a lot of it is the research, like mm -hmm. figure out what's that, like if it's sound engineering, like what are the organizations in this mm -hmm. area, the venues that are that are doing that, and then targeting those. It could be like reaching out and saying, oh, the studio manager is so-and-so. Okay, who do I know that knows that person? Yeah. And mm -hmm. looking on LinkedIn to see who that might be and getting introductions. Like mm -hmm. it's always great to do that and walk down and, you know, and send an email. I mean, there's different ways to uh, to to make it happen. Yeah, and I also want to add to that because um, I remember when I was starting out, uh, even before I went to college, um, I was trying to look for studios to intern at. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I also want to just warn people about is to not over, like, yeah, overdo it. Like, overdo don't, it. don't be there and, and just be like, oh, well, I can help you out with this or I can help you out that. Because that's mm -hmm. unfortunately what I... I kind of did because um, I was really eager to mm -hmm. like just start doing it. And that's good. It's good to be eager about that stuff. Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you need to understand that like not everyone can just hire you or has a, a position even available. You know what I mean? Right, mm -hmm. right. Um, but when you're young, you know, you, you think that you could just get your foot in the door through everything. And, and sometimes it can work out. Sometimes it can. But also and it could also go the other way around. Let's say that you just ask and then they just immediately shut you down. Don't make it. Don't don't feel bad about that. Yep. You you should just be like, oh okay, well I gotta just keep looking somewhere else. Don't let one experience let you down. Right. I totally agree, Javier. I think that's a really good point to make. Like you, um, you're gonna get a lot of rejections. We all do yeah. in life, and particularly when we're looking for jobs. And it's not a rejection of you personally. It's just that they may not have the opening available. People plan for usually for staffing like you know, at the beginning of their budget year. So like that's been a long time coming. Yeah. Somebody leaves. So, you know, when you approach it, you could say, you know, I'm just from an informational networking, you know, do you know if anything's coming up? I'd love to, you know, be considered. And um, you don't want to be 
pesty about it. Yeah, any, exactly. You know, yeah. like you want them to have a good feeling about about you and um, that relationship. But yeah, no, I think that's a really, really good point to make. You want to add, Santa? Uh, no, I I totally agree with um, everything you guys have been saying. I want to focus a little bit on the finding. You mentioned a resume, and we'll get into that, but really finding a job and what to apply for, at least for a lot of youth, they don't really know at times what they're really into or what industry they're into. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some questions that you guys would recommend on to ask, you know, one ourselves when looking for a job and, and seeing if it's worth your time applying to, to a job position. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I think we both could go on and on about that. Um, one thing, you know, and looking at a job description, it's funny because we write job descriptions every day. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what's not in the job description is sometimes what to think about and the way they're describing the organization. Um, I just finished a job description for an organization that's getting ready to launch for a CEO. And they wanted to put a lot of like the culture, the values, and mm -hmm. that says a lot about who they are. Um, there was like, we were laughing yesterday because, you know, this organization is not the case, but there's, if it says, um, you know, jump in right away and, you know, th like there's little nuances, like that yeah. means there's not a lot of training or onboarding there or, um, you know, we've grown really fast and we're trying to build infrastructure. Well, that tells you a lot too about the organization. Like they, they're kind of, they're growing fast, but, um, they may not have all the tools ready for you in place to do your your role at that particular time. So there's different ways to kind of see it. Um, and then also you can go and what is their rating on Glassdoor? You know, are the... Are the what um, is that? Oh, so Glassdoor um, is a place where you can go, glassdoor.com, and um, people post, uh, you know, like five stars or three stars, like... Uh, people that actually work at the organization mm. and they'll give you like pretty good information about, you know, is this a great place to work? Oh, okay. Glassdoor. Okay. Glassdoor. Are they overworking us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can also get salary information oh, um, through perfect. that. Yeah. Also salary.com uh, is another source. Salary.com. Salary.com. Yeah. There's, um, and you may already know this, but uh, California just had a new law that came out that for every job description, the salary has to be posted on there, which is great because now, you know, I mean, it's before like we want to make sure that it's accessible and equitable for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So like if somebody was getting, you know, like female, you know, maybe we're not getting paid enough compared to other, you know, a guy there. Mm -hmm. So this this oh, evens the playing field. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. And with nonprofit, you can look up their 990 to see how people are paid as well, um, usually for the executive team. But mm -hmm. um, the, so you can look up. Sorry, what, what's 990? A 990 is a tax form um, that you can just look up through GuideStar oh, um, Guide for nonprofits. Star. Oh. And uh, so the other thing you, you can look up is the financial statements or the 990 for a nonprofit that gives you some of that information. So I think, you know, you're interviewing them too so ask ask questions do research about the organization make sure that they're stable sustainable you know what's the tenure like um, for employees there um, why did the person leave um, there's a lot of you know have you mentored like 
Um, what's the growth like? What's the um, training like? Anyway, I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, those are all really good points. I think Glassdoor, I always think of it's the Yelp. Yeah, of, it's like the um, of the career world. Oh, um, hmm. so they rate you. You know, you rate an organization. But I think uh, just to expand on on um, to add to what Stacy said, it is true when you're sort of this is your first or when you're just starting to look for a position or a job. Often you don't know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, you have a vague idea what you could be interested in, whether mm -hmm. it's function whether it's a function meaning marketing, engineering, uh, software programming. And then the other aspect you'll be thinking about is industry, right? Whether is it music or is it... Um, film. Film or in beauty. healthcare, beauty. And it, mm -hmm. So you have a rough idea, what the, but you probably don't know what specifically you want. So I think the key is being really open-minded about it. Mm -hmm. um, every job is, I would see, as an opportunity to hone down what you like. Absolutely. So you may walk into an industry or a firm, you think, I, I want to do marketing. But even if the marketing position may not be there or just say, well, we don't have a marketing, but we have sales or something. Mm -hmm. If that's an interest industry you're interested in, I would encourage you to do it. Do it because one, you're going in, you're making connections, networking, you get to learn about the industry. So this may not be what you were, you started out looking, but it could expand from there. And also you're building your resume. Yeah. So the next job you interview, you already got that. I work there and this, and you know, this is sort of how you slowly build up your resume and also figuring out with time what really interests you. Mm -hmm. That's great advice, Jenny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I Again, you guys couldn't have said any of that better. Um, it, it really is uh, the progress, right, of even when you think that maybe a position, like your like you said, picking an industry that you're interested in is, is one part, is mm -hmm. one thing. But then getting to know the specific positions in that industry. And like, even though if you, let's say, like you said, for me personally, when I applied for this job, I wasn't really into podcasting or radio or any of that stuff. I was, I was just really into audio engineering. So I, I was more interested in like recording music and all that. But then I'm here now and I love this, this, I love being able to like, cause again, a lot of it translates to other positions. Like you can sprinkle it in and I don't know, it just forms out. And like you said, it's just great for having a resume already mm -hmm. built and, mm -hmm. and getting yourself out there and meeting new people as well. Yep. Um, but I yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. and, and you've mentioned a lot about building your resume and, and adding on to it. But for a lot of the youth, resume is new or they've heard the word but they don't know exactly what it is so what is an as a resume and why is it important and you guys can both answer you go first jenny i think you're really good at those oh <laughs> um, so i would say resume is representing a snapshot of yourself um meaning who you are most probably um, somebody who's starting out, you give your education background, mm -hmm. what's your major, what area of studies. Um, and then it's really just what 
you had done, uh, whether if it's work now, that, you know, when you're starting out again, people don't expect a really elaborate um, work experience. But that's okay. Um, sometimes I think they may be looking for is, do you sort of just get in there and do things? Whether it's volunteer, whether it's been involved in school activities, summer jobs, internships. Don't think about paid jobs, right? So if you're just starting out, it's more just what have you done um, outside school or even school leadership roles. All those are important. So it's really giving them a sense of what you like to do, what you've done uh, in the past. Now, if you've been in the employment world for a few years, then you can start putting down, let's say, I've worked in um, Safeway and I've done this. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then there are sort of more techniques to it. You know, you want to list no more than four or five bullet points of that, what you've done in an organization. Um, and as you progress through the employment world, your resume is going to get longer. So this is when now you really want to make sure you're not going to write an essay, mm -hmm. three page, because um, people have a lot of resumes. Right. And it will be just, you'll be surprised. Most people will go through resumes within less than a minute. It's really just really going yes mm -hmm. wow. yes yeah I did, not, I did not know that yeah now of course um, they're just looking for specific skills for a specific job so they may just kind of go through and pick out the relevant experiences mm. um, and if you are applying online nowadays they have algorithms that they are just looking for keywords on your oh, resume. Wow. So yeah. they are not even people <laughs> wow. reading their resumes, mm -hmm. right? AI um, is real. Yeah, <laughs> AI is That's real. That's insane. So speaking about, you know, the keywords, how would you figure that out then? Okay. To, yeah, to yeah. really stand That's out, great right? Great question. Yeah. Well, the job description. Mm. When you're looking at the post, spend a lot of time really reading what they're looking for. And then when you are doing your resume, this is where customizing your resume really matters because you want to match what you've done to what they what words they're using even mm. if it's the same job same function you want to pick out what's written on their job description and try to incorporate it into your resume so when the person reads it a recruiter would go like ah okay she's done this or if an algorithm goes through your resume that's what they're going to pick. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And we get matches on, say we get 200 applicants for a job, our platform will say, and other recruiters' platforms will say, you know, this applicant matches, mm -hmm. you know, two out of the 10 or five out of the 10. And so they start oh, getting wow. stacked mm -hmm. <laughs> based that's upon those algorithms. So that's the first um, screen. And then, of course, we go back and, and look at them more deeply. But yep. It is a big part of, um, it's definitely changed the industry. Um, AI is a really big part of, yeah. of just um, kind of making the, that research process a lot shorter than yeah. it used to be. Because that's yeah. what it seems like. I think every time there's an innovation, um, at least 
in any kind of context, it's always about either speeding it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Speed, yeah. Speeding things up. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. like you said, people, employers do go through a lot of resumes. They go through a lot of different interviews. Um, and we'll get into interviews. But uh, yeah, thank you again for, for reiterating that fact. Because I've always been told, I've, I've built like three different resumes in my time. And I remember the biggest critique that I'd always get is just, you know, just list literally this, this, this. That's it. Because, you know, the employers aren't going to be looking through. You're not impressing them by having like a huge stack of, mm-hmm. oh, look at how much experience I got. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they they already have that already in mind that you have some experience. They just want to know what are the key kind of points or like what are the key mm-hmm. um, positions that you've been in. And if that fits with you were saying their, their job description, what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, I just had a question um, based on what you were talking about when kind of connecting the two, the job description and your resume. One of the questions that usually comes up in in or writing your resume is what skills do you have? And for me, I was puzzled at that because I didn't want to just write leadership skills mm-hmm. or you know, I'd wanted to explain what that was. Are there any books, websites, articles that you recommend where people can kind of dig deep and see what that really means? Because mm-hmm. I know leadership to me, it's a very, it's one word, but there's so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just my curiosity on that. Well, it's a, that's a really good question because, you know, as recruiters, we're also like, how do you qualify or, you know, that metric of like what makes a leader, right? Um, how do you put that into a resume? But I would ask you, like, what was the, what was the leadership uh, experience that you had that you wanted to talk about in your resume? Yeah. So, for example, the position that, you know, I was applying for, it was um, mentoring the youth and kind of coordinating um, programs where they can go to. But in their in their job description, it talked about, you know, leadership, mentoring. Mm. And I spoke to, you know, the employer and he was the one who offered the job. And he said, make sure that you don't just write lead. You have leadership skills, like really express what you do. And I, I looked at I looked kind of, OK, what what does that entail? Not just on leadership skills, on mentoring. You know, how do you describe mentoring where it really explains what you're doing and not just having like leadership mentoring. I'm very, you know, excited, you know, giving examples of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you could have, it could be where you were mentoring um, college students uh, through a particular program or being like a lot of times telling a, a story during an interview helps a lot to understand what that meant on your resume. Okay. Um, so I would, definitely encourage you to give stories um, as examples Mm. instead of saying I have you know I have leadership skills I would say you know I I've had this experience um, where I mentored you know and then describe what you did and the outcome I think thinking about here's what I did and here was the outcome um, which is measurable like you've been successful at it yeah and um, so just just also another technical thing uh, is I know some resumes include like a like a letter co- or cover letter, a cover letter. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is necessary to have on your resume? Yes. <laughs> Did we say that together? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. And what? So w- could you just go over the cover letter and, and why? 
Yeah. So a lot of uh, clients, if if a candidate doesn't have their cover letter, they ask for it. Can they send a cover letter um, no matter what their skill set looks like? And uh, a cover letter is a writing sample, for one. Uh, it also should uh, talk about why you're interested in the particular role. Like, why are why are you specifically applying for this role? Mm. That's what we're that's what we're looking for. That's what our clients are looking for. Um, we're looking for typos. <laughs> you know, not only in the cover letter but in the resume. Like, did this person proofread? It's always a really good idea to have someone other than yourself look at and proofread. You know, because when you're looking at your resume and your cover letter a million times. Sometimes you'll miss something. So uh, because we look at so many all the time, they stand out really fast. And then that could get, that could take somebody out of the running. So having good grammar can make you stand out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. I mean, now we have AI where you can put a cover letter, you know, into AI and it'll spill out. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. Or we have Grammarly. So there's, you know, that checks the grammar. Or, or spell check. And all of those things are fantastic. I mean, we use yeah. them as well. Yeah. I would also encourage if you do an AI cover letter or, you know, you can ask AI to do anything these days, <laughs> is to customize it yourself because it does have a specific language or kind of formality to it. And so it, I, I could, I think we could definitely tell if it's an AI yeah. kind of generated letter. So I would caution to, you know, you don't want to overuse that. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I know that there's a lot of people using like chat GPT, right. To like, you know, create even essays now, right. <laughs> they like, write their whole essay. Yeah. But, but one thing when it comes to writing uh, a cover letter, especially, you know, something that that's, you know, you personally are applying yeah. for, mm -hmm. it should really come from you because yeah. it's your voice that you're putting into words. That's right. And that's very, very important because you want to live up to what you say. You know what I mean? I, 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 I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to use the AI to, to do that, you know, but I know there's some people out there that will do it because they just don't feel comfortable in their own writing or mm -hmm. they don't know how to put mm -hmm. their voice or their thoughts into writing. But mm -hmm. I encourage you at least to use like Grammarly. I think like you're saying, Grammarly is actually a really, really useful tool to have because that just, yeah. you know, checks everything and makes sure that it looks good. Because, um, yeah, I mean, writing in its own self is, is, a, is a practice, you know, you have to, it's something that you get better at the more you do. Um, like language, so, mm. yeah. Mm. And I would also add, cover letter actually is a real opportunity for you to bring your resume to life. Meaning, um, so as Stacy says, you, you, you want to explain why you uh, are interested in this position. What is it about that organization that really appeals to you? Um, so this is the time for you to talk about what's so exciting about this organization. And then also pick a couple of those skills or experiences mm -hmm. on your Sorry, resume to how this can help uh, and why would that make you a good fit. So think about cover letter as sort of your talking points before an interview. Mm. Tell them, you know, help them see... Um, they may not make the connection, but the cover letter gives you that platform to connect what you've done in the past and why it would make you a great candidate. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Um, and But I wanted to hear more of like your recommendations on that mm -hmm. because um, that's what I, I kind of... 
I've never done a resume before. I kind of gotten the opportunities myself, just kind of throwing myself into in internships and slowly build my way up until this for me was an opportunity to write a resume, go to the interview. And it was so new to me because I got my my opportunities through through networking. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was looking into a resume, I found it so interesting because I started reading different ones, how they kind of um, connected with the not kind of they connected with the the actual resume right so I, I really love how you 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 know connected them the two the three mm -hmm. of them from mm -hmm. the job description to the cover letter to the resume they mm -hmm. all connect That's in right. one yeah. mm -hmm. and I also want to add um, just to the artists out there uh, another part to a resume um, is a portfolio mm -hmm. so a portfolio is just as important I would say as the resume because it comp but they both complement each other um, and what I recommend for a portfolio is, so for example, let's say that you want to apply to like Lucasfilm, right, to do sound or for visual effects. If you already have some projects that are like visual effects or th that demonstrate like your skill level, right, uh, for that, I would say pick that and pick whatever, make it, make it be like a variety you know, you don't want to be if, if you do visual effects for like uh, like a space battle or something, but then you want to do uh, visual effects for like a fight in a city. You know what I mean? Like show your different types of um, like, like their range, you know, make it dynamic, because um, I think that the more that employers can see like, oh, OK, they're capable of doing this, that not just one specific type of visual effects or one specific type of sound design. Uh, then that's great. Also, for I know for artists like that draw, right? Uh, for digital artists and and you know artists, traditional artists, a lot of that is just again showing your pieces off. I know that is more like a stylized thing, mm -hmm. but if you show off like again your different types of styles, your different types of like how you've worked on canvas, you've worked on um, you know using these different oil paints, stuff like that, it's like again very very cool and again can help you stand out. So I just want to add that. Um, mm -hmm portion if, if you're looking to apply to an art related job mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. I know when we look at resumes, sometimes we get the, you know, they'll have the LinkedIn profile URL, but also if people have like collateral or different where like we've, uh, you know, worked on projects for marketing directors, communication directors, they'll have a link to their website with their work on it or you know, mm. their collateral there. Ooh, yeah. nice. So that makes it really easy for people to connect right away to your work. Um, versus sending like a whole like PDF or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I, I've personally been wanting to work on too, is just creating like even like a Weebly mm -hmm. play just to put all my like stuff. Cause I have a lot of stuff I can show, but it's just like about putting it all together. Um, and like you said, yeah, having a website makes it super easy to just mm -hmm. look and, and employers can just look at, all right, great, cool. All right. So, um, Thank you, everyone, for, 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 again, this has been really, really great. This has been really great information. Uh, I really wish I had this information when I was looking out for a job. Um, but uh, I wanted to, so before we move on to interviews, um, I do want to just, again, uh, reiterate to everyone that we are having a career fair here at the Multicultural Center of Marin. We're located at 709 Fifth Avenue here at San Rafael. Um, so, again, it's on August 3rd, Thursday. Um, from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, 
myself, Santi, Annalie, Kimberly, the whole Tay Radio crew will be there. And it's been an effort that we've all been working really hard on getting together for you guys. Um, you can RSVP at the at the Multicultural Center of Marin's website at multiculturalmarin.org. Um, but we can also put that in the description of this stream. So look out for that. And I also want to uh, let everyone know that we are still having our open mic nights here at MCM. Uh, it's every last Friday of every month. So the next one will be on July 28th uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, right here. So we hope to see you guys there. Um but yeah, that's kind of it I, I had for just a couple announcements there. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we, we got through the resume process and let's say we just got the, we got the job or we didn't get the job, but we're, we're at the next step now, which is the interview process. So the employer's interested in us, but now they want to have an interview. Mm-hmm. So Santa, do you want to kick things off with yes, how I to prepare? Think, well, the, the simple is to dive into this transition from from resume to prep, usually it's what do I wear? <laughs> and <laughs> Great you know, question. just to start off there, you know, yeah. what should I wear to an interview? And also with today, there's also Zoom interviews, right. which is completely different than on person and, and and not. I prefer the actual in person, at least for me, because I like the, the connection. And I did have one on Zoom and I felt so disconnected. Mm-hmm. But it might be different if you have anxiety meeting in person. Maybe Zoom does work for, for some. But that would be my question to start off. What should I wear? That's a great question. It's so different now since the pandemic. People yeah. are a lot more. I mean, in Marin County here in California, we're, you know, I think a lot more casual. I wore a jacket today, but I don't always wear a jacket. (laughs) Um, But I think just going to Zoom maybe first, um, we do a lot of interviews on Zoom and we do in-person interviews as well on site at clients. Um, And we prepare candidates uh, first for those Zoom interviews. Obviously, we want them to research the organization and everything, but when you're, a lot of it becomes visual at that point and it's that first impression so having like a jacket or something, I think just to show, you know, that, um, you know, that you're prepared, like, you know, your hair is brushed. <laughs> don't wear a hat. Don't wear a hat. Don't wear a hat. Don't wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, unless actually that's not true. Unless that's what you're interviewing for. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. it's like a art studio, you know, like there's so many different looks. Yeah. Like you kind of want to research like what does that culture look like? Mm. You don't want to, mm-hmm. you don't want to, um, we've had clients where, you know, a candidate's shown up in a three-piece suit and it's just not the culture, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. That doesn't go over either. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't want to overdress either. Right. I think in a Zoom interview, what's behind you is also very important. I think a lot mm. of people forget that. Um, it's the lighting, you know, look at the lighting is great in here. Um, sometimes people will come in zoom and you know, they're like in their bedroom or like, it's like, I don't want to see that. You You could also blur your background on zoom now too. Yeah. Yeah. You can blur your background. Um, and there's all these, you know, templates that you can use to, um, to put in there too. Mm -hmm. But I think the blurred background is probably the probably ideal because it doesn't distract from you. And you should be the focus of whatever's in that room. Um, and also just, uh, yeah, making sure the lighting, making sure uh, the camera is at a good point when you get on the screen. Um, sometimes Canis will be fumbling and it looks like the the camera fell or, you know, mm-hmm. it has to be like 
get it in position before you get on camera um, and mute it and um, don't show video right away just so you're, you know, you're together before mm -hmm. you come on screen. And that I think is, is really good to know. Um, sometimes you can prepare notes and have those ready for you there. Um, the other thing is just reading the room in a Zoom interview. It's so hard, like you said, Sensi, just to like, it's hard to connect sometimes when you're not in person. Yeah. And I prefer being in person too. Right. Um, so when you're on Zoom, you have to spend time making sure you're looking at everybody and making sure uh, sometimes on your Zoom, like you have a, like the person's talking is the person that you see on the screen, but try to keep the whole gallery open so you see everybody's expressions. And if you see somebody, you know, like they're kind of puzzled, like ask them, like, do I need to, to reiterate or is there something I need to explain further? Do you want to hear more? Things like that. Anyway, that's the Zoom part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure. I think Zoom is here to stay. Um, oh, yeah. Although most of us now prefer in-person interviews, but, you know, you're also having a lot of uh, positions now are hybrid or remote. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be able to make it to the in-person interview, the first round or couple of rounds anyway. So always check um, your equipment. I mean, you'll be amazed that the lighting, every little thing can be very distracting. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's the downside of Zoom. You're not in a room. You, the camera is on you. Yeah. Um, so the lighting has to be good. Practice. Just record a mock interview. So you just do an interview like as though you're answering a question. Record that. Play back. Look at it. How really you good. sound. Mm -hmm. What the light looks like. What does that room look like? Mm -hmm. And have people view it and give you feedback. Um, so just the more practice you can have over zoom even though you're not really in person you'll be amazed that people can pick things out um, mm -hmm. and even your eye contact with the camera so mm -hmm. you think like you're actually looking at them but your camera could be at a different angle right and then so now you're not making eye contact yeah, it's kind of weird yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so if you do like That's a, a mock point. interview kind of with zoom you get you get to see all those little things that are not quite right and you can adjust <laughs> Um, and I would also say that uh, Zoom can be really your friend because, as Stacy was saying, you can have notes. If you have like a good setup, you could have one screen where you can make it like your teleprompter, have all your talking points listed, mm -hmm. right? Not a script because then the temptation is oh, to just yeah. end up reading the robotic. Script. Exactly. Right. And you're not reading the room. Like Stacey said, you really still want to see how people are, you know, all those body language and facial expressions, they're cues for, for, for you. Um, but when you get nervous, sometimes you forget all those important little things that could be just as important. So having a list as your teleprompter really helps. So I think that's an advantage of, uh, of having Zoom. I also know now a lot of organizations have you submit videos. Oh, oh that's right. the first. Yeah. For me. I know. Yeah, that's My the movie too. To do that. Mm. A video oh. doing what? So it's not even a person interviewing you over the camera. <laughs> it's just um, prompt questions. Prompt questions. The screen oh. comes up. Tell us what makes you a great oh candidate. <laughs> and then you just answer. So 
it is videoing and recording you and then it goes through the organization. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. I know. So like indeed their job board does has that opportunity to do that. Um so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um I, so this has all been great. I, I also want to acknowledge what should people do? Because this has never really been in like I get okay. When I'm about to do an interview, I do get those butterflies where I'm like, oh, great. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to screw it up. Like I've been preparing already, but it's just like ah, I feel all nervous. Mm -hmm. But um, I've had a lot of experience with per like, live performance. So, again, I those butterflies <laughs> will go away as soon as it happens to me. So I'd, I, I can do it. Pretty, I've been trained pretty well to just as soon as the interview starts, I just I'm in the zone. Mm -hmm. I'm in the mood. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm doing it now. All I'm thinking about is this interview. But what tips do you have for those that, again, struggle with that, that get really nervous maybe during an interview or or they said something that they maybe was wrong or something and, and then, you know, that stays in the back of their head or something. So so what do you what, what what tips and recommendations do you have for for people who get really nervous during an interview? So I think people respond different ways when they get nervous. Mm -hmm. Some people fidget, which you don't want to do on camera. You know, yeah. your hands below <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or we talk really fast. And we keep mm. and we keep talking and talking, or we say um, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> like way too much, way too much, right? So what I would recommend, if you're if you do one of those things or other things, we all have our thing that we do, is to stop after you've answered a question or pause before you answer a question. And instead of going going on, you could say, you know, I can I can give you more information, but I, maybe I'll stop there and see if you want to hear more. That's one way you can handle it. In, a, in an interview, when someone asks a question, it's usually like a one to two minute response. Um, when an interview starts, there's usually a what we call the elevator pitch, you know, where they ask, tell me a little bit about yourself. And sometimes candidates can get lost in this whole conversation around that. Mm. Mm. So it's really good to prepare an elevator pitch, which sounds really weird to say elevator pitch sounds very salesy, but it's really like a, a short summary of your experience as it relates to this work and why you're interested in the role. So it's just something that should just naturally roll off your tongue to tell um, this organization that you're interviewing for. And then the other thing at the end of the interview, you can always ask, um, you could say, you know, I'm really excited about this role. You know, are there any concerns that you have that uh, maybe I can address now? Because if you're thinking like, oh, I should have said this or um, I'm sensing that maybe I didn't do so well in this area. Maybe there's a way you can address it before you get out of that room. Yeah. And it's. So now I know that um, I haven't ha gone through an employer that does this, but I know a lot of employers do do this is not just do one interview, but multiple interviews. Yeah. So so how does that, how, how should people prepare for that then? Right. Like, it, it, does it work? Because actually, I, I don't actually know how it works. So like, let's say you do the first interview mm -hmm. and they call you like a two weeks later saying, oh, we want another interview. Is that what do they expect in that second interview or what should people expect or how should they prepare, you know, mm -hmm. for that? Well, you were just preparing someone yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to? So typically in a situation like this, um, it's very likely you'll be meeting different people. Mm -hmm. So think about um, most of the people will want to make sure that you're going to be a good fit with their team. 
So the first round could be just somebody from their um, HR or the, you know, people development uh, team. Yeah. Or, and, or the person that you're going to be working with, you know, your direct supervisor. But then sometimes they go, well, this candidate sounds great, but I like second opinion. So they may involve other people, could be your co-workers or your, you know, somebody else from another department that will actually work closely with you as well. So it's an opportunity for them to get a sense of what the other people in the team that you'll be working closely with, you know, what their sense is. Uh, they want to make sure that when they hire you, you're going to be a good fit, not just for that role, but everybody else in the organization. Mm. So questions tend to be very similar. They're just trying to now see if everybody's going to get along or not. Mm, right? gotcha. So it's the chemistry that they're going for at that point. Um, and I think I would also just, you know, we're talking about nerves. You know, it's like everything else. Practice, practice, practice. All right. You just got to keep practicing. And one of the things that I always, I found for myself when I first sort of started, it's just taking any interview you can. May not be the job you want, may not even be the real organization you want, but those are the best ones that you should start with because you're not that invested in it. And if you get rejected, that's okay. You weren't really that excited, but it's a great opportunity for you to make mistakes and you're going to get better the next one. So the first 10, you're probably still kind of trying it out. I would say by the 11th or the 12th, you're already so much better than the first 10 you've gone through. So mm -hmm. even if it's not the job you want, just take it as a practice. It's like somebody giving you an opportunity to, to get better, to improve. I love that <laughs> you mentioned. <laughs> and I do want to say I had that multiple interview um, experience and one of the questions that they asked me and I was not prepared for it was they gave me a scenario. Mm -hmm. It was, we're going to, now the following question is a scenario. How would you respond to that? And I remember not answering that question right away because one, I was like, mm -hmm. this was not in my practice round, right? It was more of like, uh Oh, I, I know this work, but your nerves kind of get mm -hmm. mixed with your with you being there. So it gets a little bit um, you can lose it at, mm -hmm. at times. So my advice is going back to what you were saying. Take a minute. Don't answer. We have this tendency of like answering the question right away. Just take a minute and, you know, ask yourself that question and then go from there. And mm -hmm. one of the things that if you have an interview in Zoom taking notes and the second interview, you have the opportunity to explain something maybe you didn't explain and you can add it into another question that they ask would be a, a, an advice that I have from my experience. The other thing at the end of the interview was they asked me, do you have any questions mm -hmm. for us? Yeah. And usually we always are so prepared with what they're going to ask us. What questions sh should you ask the employers during an interview when they ask you or give you that opportunity? Mm -hmm. 
my gosh, I would say have a whole list of questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you could probably go through as you're in the interview, a lot of them will be answered during that process. Um, and realize at the end, that Q&A um, is usually just like maybe five minutes. So you're typically it's it's you'll have probably room for two to three of those questions. So at the end, you might want to just pause when they ask you that question and go through those questions that you prepared and then identify the top three that you really want to ask at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many to ask, but, um, you know, why the position is open, what are they looking for? You know, the question about, do you have any concerns that I can address? I'm really interested in this role. Uh, what's their timeline? Um, sometimes interviews can drag and drag on, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because you have the first interview and then, you know, they're doing all the first round interviews. So that takes like a week or two. And then the second round is usually on site if it's, well, it's on zoom the first time and that maybe takes another week. So there's, you know, two or three weeks at least that go by usually during that time. So you want to make sure like you're, you know, you know what that looks like and also what the next step would be. Like if, if it is to come back, what, you know, when would that be? What do you need to prepare? Um, if you're pending anywhere for a role, I think it's really important to tell them then, because if they're interested in you, they could expedite the process. Mm -hmm. So pending saying, You've been interviewing, like Jenny said, all around town (laughs) and you have a couple offers um, or you're in second rounds where you're coming back for the second time with um, with an organization. You should definitely tell that um, organization that you're interested in. Like I'm pending on two positions. I'm coming back for the second or the final round. I'd really like to move forward, you know, for this position, particularly this is if it is, you know, you always want to be authentic in what you're talking about. But if it's your first choice, you want to let them know right away. It's kind of like when you, when you uh, go to college, you know, you're, you know, this is my first choice for college. Like you want them to know that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that can make a big difference. Oh, mm. yeah, and also it's really your opportunity, your chance to ask them what this organization is about. You could ask things like, how would you describe the culture of this organization? Mm-hmm. Tell me about the team. So this is really where you also want to know if this organization is for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could say, can you tell me a little bit about the team I'll be working with? What are your expectations for this role in the first 10 days, three months, you know? So have them give you a sense what you're going to actually step into as well. Mm-hmm. So this is your chance to interview them. Think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. So great. Well, th- again, this has all been really great tips um, for our viewers to hear. Uh, one thing that I did want to also kind of go into just a little bit, we have about five minutes left, mm-hmm. um, is how should people deal with rejection? So let's say you put in all this work, you've gone through all the interviews, but unfortunately they're like, we, we, yeah, we're not going to move forward with you. Because um, I know a lot of my friends have gone through that process and again have been you know applying to like places like google and they just gone through three different interviews really passionate and then just end up not getting the job like mm. how, how, how can people uh, you know deal with that type of rejection mm-hmm. that's yeah i mean it's harsh to get rejected it, yeah you know? it is yeah, particularly when you've invested so much time exactly. and energy yeah. in it and and they have too you know i think when you've been through an interview process everybody's vested they're really excited and it could be, you know, I mean, the f- 
if you get to those final rounds and you're not selected, you should pat yourself on the back. Like I made it, there's probably through two to 300, if not more applicants, you were selected to go through that interview process and made it in the top round. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. You should feel very proud of yourself. You can also go back to the person that you're interviewing with and say, gosh, you know, I respect your decision, but I'd love any feedback that you can give me that might help me in my future search. Because, you know, Google is somewhere that I'd really love to work. Like if you have any recommendations, you know, or please keep me in mind kind of thing. And again, not being pesty about it, but, you know, just I think we always try to give feedback when, you know, Mm -hmm. and offer that. I think it's important just um, growing uh, to be able to have that opportunity. Also in the tech industry right now, it's, there's not, I mean, they've been laying off a lot of jobs. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. AI is taking over for real. Like right? a, a lot of that is, <laughs> is scary right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it may not be, again, that rejection may be, um, you know, due to a lot of other things going on in the economy or, you know, other, other things going on. Right. Yeah. And I think when you started out this interview by saying that, the rejection, you can't take it personally. I know mm-hmm. that's hard, but it's not really about you. It's just who they're looking for. And there is an element of luck involved in every search. Absolutely. Right? The right time, right place, who yep. you know. So that will happen, but it's just when. And if you're um, interviewing for an organization like Google, just think about, you know what? What's the what's the possibility? What's the percentage of uh, even just getting the first interview? So just kind of have a realistic mindset as well. Um, everybody wants to work for Google. Everybody wants to work for Apple, but that may not be the first job you're going to land um, in. But you may get there after several other organizations. So again, think about starting maybe smaller organization or less well-known, but build your resume. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So. Santi, did you have any last? Yeah, I just, I love thoughts. how we're, you know, making, giving all of these tips. For me, the biggest thing is being authentic, mm-hmm. and using that in in a way where you can really structure who you are to uh, into a resume, not the other way around, right? And um, with rejection, I mean, I for this position is my first time, and and it, it was a great experience. And I actually was um, my another a coworker was was applying with me, and we both are different backgrounds. And she ended up getting the job, but I remember with the last interview, I remember it as as really taking a moment and saying, "Is are we a good fit?" Mm-hmm. for myself for the organization and for the people we're serving mm-hmm. and when I really asked myself that question and kind of looked at my schedule and everything I was like I'm not the fit for this mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. my my coworker got the job I was beyond happy and like I said it's really hard to not take it personal but just remember that it has to do with it's three it's a three-way piece it's not mm-hmm. just you and the employer it's you the employer and the community you're you're working with or what you're doing mm-hmm. so i think that's really important and just be authentic be yourself and if it doesn't work out there's something else for you out mm-hmm. there and keep going keep practicing that's right that would be yeah. my last thing and hope to see you all at the career fair and hopefully you guys learned as much as i learned during this you know talk with that with you guys yeah, thank you again, both um, Jenny and Stacy, for being with us today. This is really, really, really great information. Um, and again, 
Uh, I hope that you guys listening and watching uh, really got something out of it. Um, and yeah, uh, if you guys have any other questions, you, you know, you could always reach out to us and uh, we really hope you guys can make it to the career fair. Um, but yeah, that's just about it for Tay Radio Marin. Uh, we hope to see you next week for our next show. Uh, but thank you all. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, right, take care, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.